God richly bless you tonight. Those of you who, for legitimate reasons, have to join online, you're welcome to join us in service. And we trust that wherever you are watching us or you are part of this service, you stay tuned and through, and your life will certainly be not the same by God's grace. Amen. Grace to you. Grace abounds. You are empowered for life and godliness. Well, for the past almost a month, I've been teaching on saved by grace. Somebody say saved by grace. And the subject of salvation is critical because that's where everything is. It's a foundation of our calling. It's a foundation of our faith. Like we are treating in the Sunday service, if the foundation is destroyed, the righteous can do nothing. The foundation of the believer is salvation. So a sound understanding of salvation is critical. Our text for the year says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and wedding lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed, and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 3, he says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? There are many things in this life for the grace of God. Like I'm, I was talking about Hebrews chapter 2, he said, How shall we escape? Somebody say, How shall we escape? Uh, so how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him? Salvation is our escape route from the various challenges of life. It's not just... In this, in the life hereafter, most people and the songs we are very familiar with is the soon by and by, by and by, when the morning comes, when the saints of God are gathered home, we will tell the story. We don't need to wait until the later by and by to tell the story. When we understand salvation and what it brings to us, we are able to live in victory. We are able to walk in authority right here on earth. And it's my prayer that you begin to take your proper place in Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus. It's important we appreciate salvation because that is a basis for everything that God will ever has given and will ever give to us. There are things we desire of God. There are things we want in life, but there are things God has already given us. And when we learn to appropriate what God has already given us, the other things that we desire, we may not pray and worry about them and they will soon be delivered into our lives. God has overwhelmed us through the riches of his grace with so much. And we need to appreciate all of that. In Romans chapter 8 verse 31, he said, If God be for us, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Then he said, He that spared not his own son, but gave him up freely unto us, how shall he not also with him freely give unto us all things? Now, so if God gave us Christ, every other thing we desire in life, everything else we want in life is in Christ. And so when you have not been able to understand and appreciate what Christ has brought to you, there is no way you'll be able to even assess the rest of the things that God has for you. Everything God has for you is in Christ. So you need to understand that and understand that very well. Come with me to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 1 to 10. Ephesians 2, 1 to 10. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, 
the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, just as others. But God, somebody say, but God. But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love, wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For by grace we've been saved through faith and that not of ourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Somebody say, by grace, I am saved. It's not of works, so I have no right to boast. Okay, so we, we started by looking at the first three verses. Chapter 2, verse 1 to 3, it established the hopeless state man was in. Our real state without Christ. How were we like before we encountered Christ? How were we like before we embraced God's gift of Christ? And we looked at the fact that before Christ we were dead, before Christ we drifted in life, before Christ we lived a life of disobedience, before Christ we were dominated by sin and Satan, and before Christ we were doomed from because of the wrath of God. But now, verse 4 tells us how the whole thing changed. Our destiny, which was a destiny of doom, a destiny of danger, a destiny of destruction without Christ. All of a sudden, when the grace of God entered, it changed the equation. That's why we need to always be thankful about the grace of God. The Bible said, but God who is rich in mercy. Somebody say God is rich in mercy. That means he's, he's, he's loaded in mercy. He's overwhelmed with mercy. His, his level of mercy, the amount of mercy he exudes is not something you can quantify. God is rich in mercy. Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, made us alive. Tonight, what I want to do is to walk you through in the context of Ephesians, almost all the, uh, what do you call it? The letters of Paul, they all talk about salvation, but we are looking at it, this specific subject, in the context of the book of Ephesians, and I'll be sharing with you 10 great truths about Bible salvation. 10 great truths about Bible salvation. That there's what you, if you listen to people out there, you are likely to meet religious salvation. Salvation is different depending on who you are looking at or the religion that is under consideration. In most churches and denominations, salvation is Jesus plus something. But what is Bible salvation? By Bible salvation helps us to know salvation as God designed it. And that is exactly what we want to go through. So that when we say a person is saved, these are the things you are looking out for in the life of a person who is saved. How did you get saved in your own life? And it's also supposed to help you to be able to communicate the gospel of Christ very well with others. So when we talk about Bible salvation, what are the things? You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. What are the truths we need to know about Bible salvation? Number one, Bible salvation comes through the gospel of Christ and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. That is how a man encounters salvation. No one can be saved without the gospel. This makes it very important, the preaching of the gospel critical, because that is a means through which salvation comes. In the book of Romans chapter 1 verse 16, he said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Paul is speaking here. 
I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I want to speak to people about the gospel. I'm able to confront the great and the small with the gospel. And the reason why I preach the gospel in season and out of season is because I believe that in the gospel is the power of God that brings salvation. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God. The gospel is God's power to save. Are you with me here? That's the gospel. The gospel of Christ is the power of God to save. And that is why we also need to understand the gospel. You have to know the gospel because if you preach anything else, it doesn't carry the power of God to save. That which gives people the opportunity to be saved or brings the power of God that leads to salvation is the gospel. He says, for it is the power of God unto salvation unto everyone that believe, to the Jew first and to the Greek. So the Jew will be saved by the gospel and the Greek is saved by the gospel. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. Let's look at that. Ephesians 1. He's talking about how they got saved. And if you read Ephesians chapter 1, he tells you about God's plan and program in salvation. How all of us came into salvation and what it means to be saved. To be saved, according to Ephesians chapter 1, is to be chosen by God. To be saved, according to Ephesians chapter 1, is to be adopted by God. To be saved, according to Ephesians chapter 1, is to be sealed by the Holy Spirit. Now, how did all this happen? He says, in him you also trusted. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth. And he goes on to emphasize it, the gospel of your salvation. That which brought salvation to us is the gospel. He said in him, when you heard it and you trusted it, you placed your faith in it. The Bible said in him also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. That's it. So when we hear the gospel and we believe the gospel, we are saved. That's how salvation comes. Salvation comes through hearing and believing the gospel. And if you go on in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, he said, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. That is salvation. A man cannot be saved without the gospel. Your conviction in the gospel of Christ should be strong. Most of the time we appeal to the challenges. People are going through challenges and we want to appeal to them what Jesus can do for them. No, no, no. The gospel must be preached at all times. Any challenge anybody goes through is to become an access point for the preaching of the gospel. If the person has a marital challenge, it's an access point for the preaching of the gospel. But ultimately, if the person will really come to trust Christ, the gospel must be heard. Somebody say the gospel must be heard. And the Holy Spirit plays a vital role. You know, when we're reading the book of Ephesians, he said, you who were dead, we were dead. And if you are dead, you can't respond to the gospel. Dead people can't respond to the gospel. So there must be resurrection first. When you come alive, then you can respond to the gospel. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. When Paul was speaking in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15, let's read Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 downwards. He said, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ 
and love unto all the saints, I cease not to give thanks unto God for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints. Verse 19, and what is the greatness of his power to us, world who believe? So God's power is released to help a person believe. People don't just believe the gospel. The power of God comes on display to quicken and to bring people alive so they can respond to the gospel. He said, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead, and we know that no other power raised Christ from the dead except the Holy Ghost. You remember that? Yeah, that is it. The Holy Ghost resurrected Jesus from the dead. And it's the same power that is made available to the sinner to make him come to faith in Christ. I like the way Titus chapter 2 verse 4 and 5 puts it. He said, but when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love. How did he do this? That was through Christ. When Christ came, Christ was a manifestation of the kindness and the love of God. I'm reading Titus, please. Titus chapter 3, verse 4 and 7, the New Living Translation. He says, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy, he washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. Do you see that? A new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. A new birth and a new life. A new birth and a new life. The Holy Spirit comes. That's what the Bible says. Even human being great. Uh, in Ezekiel, actually, he says, I will take away the, the, the uh, I will create in you a new spirit, and I will take away the old uh, uh, you, and I'll put a new spirit in you, and I will cause you to walk in my ways, and you will observe my ways, and you will do them. So, to be saved, one must be alive. How do you come alive? The Spirit of God must quicken you. And when you come alive, you are able to respond to the gospel. I'm not communicating here. That's why prayer and preaching are critical for the salvation of people. You can talk to somebody about the gospel and talk. The Bible said, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. So, until a person's spirit comes alive, he's dead. You can talk and talk and talk, his spirit is dead, so he can't respond. There is no stimuli that a dead person can respond to. Every person is dead. And every person who is dead is dead. That's all they can do. But when the Spirit of God comes into them, they come alive. And when you preach the word, it's no longer a mystery to them. They are able to respond to it. The Bible said the preaching of the cross is foolishness to them that perish. How would they make sense of the gospel when the Spirit of God comes alive? So these two are principal. The word of God and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And that is why we keep hammering these things. Very, very important. In the book of 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14 to 15, he said, for the natural man, somebody say the natural man. And when we talk about the natural man, we are talking about anybody who is not born again. He's a natural man. The natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. They can't make sense to him until they are saved. Romans chapter 10, verse 13 to 14. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe 
in the one of whom they have no hair. And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? May we accept this responsibility, this noble responsibility, with all the seriousness it requires and preach unto others. May you become a preacher in the mighty name of Jesus. Paul told Timothy, he said, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season. Receive the grace to be a communicator of the word of God. Number two, Bible salvation guarantees freedom from the nature and power of sin. Bible salvation guarantees freedom from the nature and the power of sin. Man was dead. And the reason why man was dead was because man was born in sin. You were dead in transgresses, transgression and sins. That was the state we were in. We were dead. We were dead. In sin, because of sin, we were dead. And if you are going to be free, God gives us a life and makes us a new creation. If any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, he is a new creation. Somebody say, I'm a new creation. Say, I'm a new creation. He says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things have become new. When you are born again, the nature of sin is no longer alive in you. Praise the Lord. The nature of sin is replaced with the nature of righteousness. So it, that's why you, you didn't used to struggle to sin. But now, as a born again child of God, sin is a problem. You don't naturally desire to sin. In fact, 1 John chapter 3 verse 9, he says, Whatsoever is born of God cannot sin. Does not sin. He says, for his seed remains in him. He cannot sin because he is born of God. Do you see that? Once you are born of God, the, the willingness to sin, the desire to sin, the nature of sin is out of you. Sin does not, that's why Romans chapter 6 verse 14, Paul could say that sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? Because you are born of God. You have the nature of God in you. So when a person is saved, the person is released from the bondage, the nature, and the power of sin. Somebody says, sin does not rule my life. I have dominion over sin. I walk in freedom over sin. In the name of Jesus. That is your heritage. Titus chapter 2 verse 14. He said, he gave his life to free us from every kind of sin. He gave every kind of sin. Every kind of sin. To cleanse us and to make us his own very people totally committed to doing good works. Do you see that? That's what has happened to you. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Number three, Bible salvation is made possible because of God's rich mercy and great love for humanity. Bible salvation is made possible how? Because of God's great mercy, rich mercy and great love towards humanity. The Bible says in Ephesians 2 verse 4 to 6, but God, who is rich in mercy, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love. Don't forget, before we came to but God, he had just uh, described to us our hopeless state. Then he says, but God's rich mercy and great love. He intercepted the situation and changed things around. By grace, even when we were dead, he had made us alive. To be saved is to be made alive. Somebody say, I'm alive. Say, I'm alive. I'm alive. Mercy is defined as God not giving us what we deserve. 
We deserve judgment. We deserve eternity in hell. God spared us that. And his grace came in to give us what we did not qualify for. We didn't deserve it. God gave it to us. A person, someone illustrated this mercy and grace this way. He says, if a person murdered your son and was condemned to death, and you let the law take its course, that is justice. Is that not justice? That's justice. Then he says, if you plead for the murderer's life to be spared, that will be mercy. But if you took the murderer of your son out of prison, brought him home into, brought him into your home, adopted him as your son, gave him all the love and privileges and inheritance you would have given your own son, that's grace. Praise the Lord. And that is exactly what has happened to us in Christ. God did not just spare us from death. He has forgiven us, adopted us, and made us his own sons. Praise the Lord. That's why you can never take the grace of God for granted. And we must keep on celebrating and appreciating the grace of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish. Salvation came because God loved humanity. And God still loves people. Somebody say, God loves people. Yeah, God loves people. Jesus died for people, and we ought to love people also. First John chapter 3, verse 1. He said, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. You and I are children of God today because of the love of God. Praise the Lord. Look at First Timothy chapter 1, verse 12 to 13. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. Praise the Lord. So the love of God and the mercy of God are the vehicles for our salvation. Number four, Bible salvation is found in Christ alone. Somebody say Bible salvation is found in Christ alone. Now, every other salvation, you can talk about other things. But if you are talking about Bible salvation, it is found in Christ alone. It is found in Christ alone. In the book of Ephesians 2, verse 4 to 7, it said, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive with Christ. Now, follow the number of times in Christ with Christ. He, uh, through Christ appears in this text. He says, has made us alive together with Christ. By grace we've been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Salvation is in Christ from the beginning to the end. Praise the Lord. It may not sound politically correct, but Muhammad does not save. Buddha does not save. No other, the Bible said there is no salvation in any name except that which except the name of Jesus. If any man be in Christ, he didn't say if any man be in Buddha. He said if any man be in uh, Krishna, if any man be in Muhammad, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. That is the only place a man can find salvation. The Bible says, for us in Adam all die. Even so, in Christ, all shall be made alive. And we were made alive in Christ. Hallelujah. 
in the book of Acts chapter 4, verse 12, he said, Now there is no, there is no other, nor is there salvation in any other. For no other, there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Praise the Lord. Uh-huh. So when we are out reaching out to people and they come presenting other things, we need to be very emphatic. Praise the Lord. Salvation is not in other things. Salvation is not in other names. There is only one person through which we can be saved. Jesus is that person. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Shall be saved. Romans chapter 10 verse 13. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord. You can call any other name. But it is only when you call upon the name of the Lord that you shall be saved. Jesus was emphatic. I am the way. He didn't say, I am one of the ways. Praise the Lord. We are living increasingly in times where people want us to sound nice. But listen, the gospel must be preached raw as it is. Praise the Lord. Salvation comes through Christ and Christ alone. Somebody say, salvation is in Christ. And in Christ alone. First Timothy chapter 5, sorry, First John chapter 5, verse 11 and 12, he said, this is the testimony. This is not man's testimony. This is God's testimony. This is the testimony that God has given, that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his, is in his, is in his, where is eternal life? In the sun. That means, I mean, People can present all kinds of funny things. Also, all of this religious set. Look at this large number of people are following this set. Are, are we sure all of these people are going to hell? Wait and see. Praise the Lord. That's not your business. Believe what scripture has said and go ahead and preach the gospel. How God deals with them is his own business. Are you here with me? The Bible said God has given us a testimony. This is a testimony. And the testimony is that God has given us eternal life. This life is not in any other person but in his son. Then he tells you in verse 12, he who has the son has life. He who has the son has life. But he who does not have the son does not have a life. He does not have it. Praise the Lord. So they may have other things, but life, real life, they don't have it. That's why you and I must be aggressive in reaching out. And I see the grace of God coming upon us to do that. Number five, Bible salvation is made available through grace alone. Bible salvation is made alive, available through grace alone. You can be saved through grace alone. Grace, grace, and grace alone. Salvation is not grace plus something. It's not grace plus your righteousness. Grace plus your good deeds. Grace plus your church. Grace plus your tight card. No. Salvation is through, is by, comes through grace and grace alone. We are told Ephesians 2, verse 8 to 9. It says, for by, and your works, by grace and you, by grace and your righteousness. It says, for by grace you have been what? Say it, by grace you have been what? Through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Salvation is what? A gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. Lest anyone should what? That's what it is. Salvation is just by grace. We are all saved by grace and grace alone. 
Somebody say, I'm saved by grace and grace alone. Yeah, that's it. We are not saved by grace plus something. No. Anything that comes with grace plus something is not salvation. Real salvation, Bible salvation is grace and grace alone. Grace in this context is something which is given, which is not end. That is grace. We'll look at it in Ephesians 2 verse 5 to 6. It talks about by grace you have been saved. Titus chapter 2 verse 11. He said, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to what? All men. It is God's grace that brings what? Please take note of that. It's God's grace that brings salvation. When people think of losing salvation, it's because sometimes we seem to forget how it came. What you didn't work for, you can't lose it by working against it. Praise the Lord. Salvation is not something that came to you by your works. So it's not something you lose by your works. Are you with me here? Yeah. Salvation is not something you lose by your works. It's something that came to you by grace, which was not end. And that means that you can't lose it by your works. Look at this. First Timothy chapter, 12, eh, chapter 1, verse 12 to 16. And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me what? He counted me what? Putting me into the ministry. Verse 13. Although I was formerly a blast, a persecutor, an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in an... Ah, look at verse 14. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful and worthy, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. That Christ Jesus came to the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. However, for this reason, I obtained mercy that in me first, Jesus Christ might show all long suffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. Amen? Number six, Bible salvation is accessible through faith. Somebody say Bible salvation is accessible through faith. Say Bible salvation is accessible through faith. Yes, that's how you access salvation. It comes through the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes when we hear the word of God. And when we release our faith, we are saved. Just like we read in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. Give me Ephesians 1 13 please. In him you also trusted. That's faith. After you heard the word of truth. The gospel of salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You were sealed. You, you became God's property. God took ownership of you. Salvation comes through faith. It's by grace and it comes through faith. Ephesians 2.8, for by grace you've been saved through faith. And that is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Somebody say salvation is a gift. I receive it by faith. Look at John chapter 3 verse 16. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever what? That whosoever what? Whosoever what? That's faith there. Whosoever believes in him should not perish. 
you can go through all the, uh, the letters, all the New Testament letters. You see that their teaching is consistent. Salvation is through faith. By grace through faith. By grace through faith. By grace through faith. That's salvation. He says, whosoever believeth in him should not perish. They were consistent with what Christ said. Christ said, if anybody is coming to be saved, he must believe in me. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Look at verse 17. For the God sent, did not send his son to condemn the world, but the world through him might be. Verse 18. Let's read it together. He who believes in him is not, is not, is that condemnation for you? That's what the Bible said. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ. When you place your faith in Christ, there is no condemnation for you. He said, he who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. Look at this, 1 John 5, 13. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know. Somebody say, I know. I have eternal life. I know. I have eternal life. So, so when somebody asks you, when you die, where are you going? You are not waiting for it to be determined. I have said it on this altar. If you don't have eternal life in life, you won't get eternal life in eternity. Eternal life is not something we die to get. It's something we get and we exit this body to experience. Praise the Lord. Now, eternal life is, is our present reality. It's not something that we are going to get. It's something, he said, these things I have written unto you. Who believe? Have you believed in the name of the Lord? Have you believed in the name of the Son of God? Then you need to know that you have eternal life. It's not that you are going to get or you shall get you shall have. He said, if you have belief, you have eternal life. Somebody say, I have eternal life. The life of God is in my spirit. I have the life of God in me. He that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. He said, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. That's key. That's key. In the book of Romans 10 verse 13 to 15 says, Whosoever calls the name of the Lord shall be saved. How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? When you believe, you call and you are saved. Now, number seven, Bible salvation is a gift. Somebody say, Bible salvation is a gift. Say, Bible salvation is a gift. Yeah, that's what it is. Bible salvation is a gift. For by grace you have been saved. Romans chapter uh, uh, Ephesians 2, 8. By grace you've been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Somebody say, I am saved, I am saved. by the gift of God. Yeah, salvation is God's gift. And the gift is given to you when you place your faith in Christ. Praise the Lord. Once you accept Christ as a Lord, that gift is given to you. In the book of Romans chapter 6, verse 23, he says, 23, he says, For the wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God, the gift of God, the gift of God, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Look at where it is. Where is the eternal life? In Christ Jesus. That's where it is. Look at this. Anything you work for is not a gift. Praise the Lord. Yeah, if you work for something, it's not a gift. 
A gift is something you don't work for. And in the book of Romans, the apostle Paul took time to expatiate on that. Look at Romans chapter 4, verse 1 to 6. He says, so what can we say that Abraham, the father of our people, learned about faith? If Abraham was made right by the things he did, he had the reason to brag. But this is not God's view. All right? This is not God's view. Abraham was not a judge righteous by what he did. He said, look at verse number 5. Because the, verse, verse 3, because the scripture says, Abraham believed God and God accepted Abraham's faith and that made him right with God. How do we become right with God? By believing God. When you place your faith in Christ, you are made right with God. Somebody say, I'm made right with God. When people work, I like this, their pay is not given as a gift, but as something earned. When you work, your salary at the end of the month is earned. It's something they pay you, you are entitled to. But a gift is not something you are entitled to. Praise the Lord. For people cannot do any work that will make them right with God. See that? Very important. People cannot do any work that can make them what? That can make them what? Uh-huh. So, we can only be made right with God in Christ. Only Christ came to do the work that was enough to justify us before God. People cannot do any work that can make them right with God. He says, so they must trust where? In him. If you fail to, you see, anybody who is going to hell is not going to hell because of their sin. They are going to hell because they fail to trust in Christ for salvation. Praise the Lord. Because God's antidote for sin is Christ. So when you place your faith in Christ, Christ's righteousness is credited to your account. And because of that, heaven becomes uh, uh, open to you. But once you decide that you will not trust Christ, you have to appear in your own righteousness. And your righteousness cannot qualify you. So he says, but people cannot do any work that will make them right with God. So they must trust him. Who makes evil people right in his sight? I love that. He makes evil people what? Right in his sight. How does he do that? He picks evil people, puts them in Christ, and they are right. Praise the Lord. That's all God does. He puts, uh, he picks a murderer like Paul. He puts him in Christ. And he says, I used to be a persecutor. I used to be a blasphemer. I used to be a fornicator. But I obtained mercy. When I trusted Christ, I became a new man. If any man be in Christ, he's not the old man. He's a new creation. Then God accepts their faith, and that makes them right with him. I love it. Verse 6, David said the same thing. He said that people are truly blessed when God, oh, without paying attention to their deeds, makes people right with himself. Praise the Lord. Yeah. God doesn't pay attention because he, he doesn't look at your deeds. He looks at the deeds of Christ. And God, Christ's deeds are perfect. Number 8. Bible salvation is devoid of works. Somebody say, it's devoid of works. Bible salvation is devoid of works. The Bible says, for by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. Somebody say, not of works. Yeah. Philanthropy will not give you salvation. I'm a very kind person. This person, oh, they say this man is a very generous person. Your generosity will not earn you salvation. Praise the Lord. 
this person helps a lot of people in society. He has done this, he has done that. All of that, you'll be kinder, your kindness will take you to hell. Praise the Lord. That's why we need to make sure that the gospel prevails over all circumstances. Everybody will be saved through the same way. Everybody. And you have to be saved by putting your faith in Christ and Christ alone. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 8 to 9. Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the suffering of the gospel according to the power of God. Who saved us? Follow this. Let's read it together. Who saved us and called us with? Called us with what? According to our good deeds. According to our righteousness. According to, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us where? In Christ. Before time began. Can somebody say an amen? amen. That's how salvation comes. It's not according to your good deeds. He saved us. Called us with a holy calling. Saved us. Not according to our own deeds. But according to his own purpose. And Titus chapter 3 verse 3 to 7. Beautiful here. He said, for we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and hateful and hating one another. Do you see that? We, for we ourselves were, do you see the word, were? Can you see that? We were, we were. Those words are very, very, very important when we are reading the New Testament. Were, are. Those things. He said, we were, so you are not anymore. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Uh -huh. Once you are in Christ, you are not anymore. He says, for we were foolish, disobedient, Serving various that last pleasures, living in hating one another. But look at verse 4. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, toward men, where? Yes. Appeared where? In Christ. Appeared. Look at this, verse 5. Not by the works of righteousness which we have, yeah. which we have, yeah. which we have, yeah. but according to his mercy, he what? Through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Settle. That's it. So, salvation, Bible salvation is devoid of what? It's devoid of? Number nine. Bible salvation is devoid of boasting. Bible salvation is devoid of what? Yeah, you can't brag about your salvation. So, in fact, when you read Let's, let's read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. And then when we get down there, you... Yes. For we are his workmanship, created in, for by grace he has saved through faith and are not of yourselves. Follow the reading with me, please. For it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. With God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Verse 11. Okay. Uh -huh. This is not, I don't think this is where I'm looking for. Go to uh, chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. 4 and 5. But God is rich in mercy because of the great love where he loved us. Verse 5. Even when we're dead in sins, made us alive. Verse 6. And raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Verse 7. 
that in the ages to come, please follow this, that in the ages to come, we might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. Now, when we go to heaven, what we'll be celebrating eternally is the grace of God. That's what he's talking about there. That in the ages to come, we will be celebrating the riches of his grace. We will not celebrate your exploits because you did nothing. Praise God. We did nothing. He saved us by his grace. And so that is the only thing we are going to say. That in the ages to come that he might show that that is one of the reasons why God saved us. He saved us by grace. So that in the ages to come, it will all be about him and not about us. Praise the Lord. For by grace we are saved through faith and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Romans chapter 3 verse 20. He said, for by the works of the law shall no, no human being be justified in his sight. Since through the law comes the knowledge of sin. Let me close with this. Number 10. The ultimate goal of Bible salvation is good works. Somebody say the ultimate goal. And I want you to open your ears clearly and listen very well. The ultimate goal of Bible salvation is good works. You are not saved by works, but you are saved for works. Somebody say, I'm not saved by works, but I'm saved for works. Say, I'm not saved by works, but I'm saved for works. Please never confuse these two. You are not saved by works. Your works can never save you, but you are saved for works. One of the authentic proofs that the person is saved is the works that they turn out. When you are saved, your works will show. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. When your faith is in Christ, there are things you do to reflect the same. And that's what the Bible is talking about in Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto what? Unto what? Unto good works, we have been recreated unto good works. Let's go to Titus chapter 2, verse 11 to 14 again. For the grace of God that brings salvation, grace of God that offers salvation, the new international version, salvation to all people, teaches us to say no to ungodliness, worldly passions, and to live self-control, upright, and godly lives in the present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Who gave, please follow this, who gave himself for us to what? Redeem us. Redeem us from? That's all, right? And to purify for himself a people that are eager to do what is? Eager to do what is? Yeah, so you are saved without works, but now that you are saved, you must be eager to do what is right. So when you meet someone who is genuinely saved, he's, he, he doesn't enjoy sin. You can't continue to live in sin if your salvation is real. Praise the Lord. Yeah. You can't practice, you can't live a lifestyle of sin, perpetually in sin. No. You will be uncomfortable. That is not the life in Christ. Look at Titus chapter 2, 3 verse 3 to 8. It doesn't mean that that works is saving you. But <laughs> this is works you are doing as an expression of the inward transformation that has taken place in you. 
For we, were, we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving that various that's Verse 4. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared, not of works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Verse 6. In whom, whom he poured out on whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus our Savior, that having been, having been by, we should become as according to the hope of what? Good. This is what? A faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm what? Affirm what? Affirm what? This is Paul. He wrote to his, his son, and he says, this is what I want you to be preaching. When you are preaching, emphasize these things. And he says, one of the things you should emphasize is that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. For this is profitable unto men. Be careful. Once you are saved, you can't live anyhow. You say, I'm born again, so I can, I can, I can stay with a, a, a girl. I can have sex freely. No, no, no. That's not salvation. Praise the Lord. Yeah. When you are saved... There is, even if you want to, I'm not saying you will not desire it. The, the last of the flesh will be there. But that desire will not be given permission. Am I communicating here? That's critical. Look at Ephesians. And because of this, when we say salvation is without works, people have a difficulty accepting it. And the, some, some of the time, I remember there was somebody who wrote something to me on social media. I think he listened to one of the teachings I did earlier, and he wrote to me, and he was uh, asking me about this. And I told him, I don't have time for you. Go and listen to the full message and get the context right. Because on social media, people can really pick one thing and they just run with it. I don't, I don't, I have some people who have genuine concerns. I don't waste my time on people who are not serious. Praise the Lord. Yeah, because your seriousness must be shown by your first sitting down to listen to the sermon. You can just pick any preacher on. One time, I heard somebody saying that one, one preacher says that uh, 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 masturbation is okay. If you listen to the full sermon, you see that it's not like that. Praise the Lord. Yeah. So, when we are saved, we are saved unto good works. But you see, that will never justify the point that salvation is by works. Nobody is saved by works. Even those who are enforcing it. Salvation is uh, faith in Christ plus wearing duku. Salvation is faith in Christ by not wearing uh, necklaces. Faith in Christ plus all manner of things. That's what I want to disabuse your mind of. Salvation is none of that. Salvation is faith in Christ and Christ alone. But when that faith is genuine, these are the things that you will see. Praise the Lord. Apostle Paul emphatically said, by grace you are saved through faith and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And then afterwards, he began to talk about it. Look at Ephesians chapter 4 with me. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1 to 3. He said, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you are being called. All right? What calling? God chose you, God adopted you, and God made you his own. Now that you are his own, there is a way you walk. Praise the Lord. You can't walk. You can't walk like you used to. There's a way you walk now. And he says, one of the things that must characterize your new walk is humility. There's a new way to walk. And there's a, new, uh, uh, there's a way not to walk. He talks about all of that here. 
Walk in humility, gentleness, with patience, bearing one another in love. Verse 4, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of feet, peace. Go to verse 17. Verse 17. Now, now I say this and testify in the Lord that you must no longer. Somebody say no longer. Why is he saying no longer? Because you have been gifted with salvation. God gave you the free gift of salvation. Now you are saved. So having been saved, you can't continue to walk any longer like you used to. He said, so he said, I testify that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles in the futility of their minds. Now let's go to chapter 2 and see it. Chapter 2 verse 1. You will see that that was the state we used to be in. But now he says, having been saved, you can't continue to be in that state. Chapter 2, verse 1. We'll come back to this place. You were dead in trespasses and what? Sins. Now look at verse uh, 2. In which you once walked, following the course of the word, following the prince of the power of the word, the spirit that is now at work in the sense of disobedience. Verse 3. He says, among whom all, we all once lived in the passions of the flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and of the mind, and were by nature, that is who we were. And then verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, reached out and saved us. Having saved us, this is the new way we ought to walk. Are you following what I'm teaching tonight? Now go back to where we are reading. Now I test, I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk. Somebody said there's a new way to walk. Yeah. Once you are saved, there's a new way to walk. He says, you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. Verse 18. They are darkened in their, please read that with me. They are darkened in their, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their, verse 19. They have become callous and have given themselves to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. Can you see the life of Gentiles? Now go to verse 20. But that is not the way you learn. That is not the way you learn. Uh -huh. So what it also means is that you don't just get born again and come to this status. Praise the Lord. You get born again, you begin to grow. And as you grow, you learn Christ better. I'm not communicating here. Now go to verse 21. He says, Assuming that you had heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus. Verse 21, 22. To put off, to put off, to put off, by grace you are saved. So put off, not of work. So put off, exactly. Because he has given you the free gift of salvation. Put off, put it off. When somebody has given you something very precious, you don't go and sit somewhere and mess up with it. It doesn't show that you value what was given to you. It doesn't show that you are grateful. Praise the Lord. So we don't live in sin because uh, we, we are doing it to get something from God. No, we live in a life of righteousness because we want to demonstrate that we are grateful and we value God's gift unto us. Am I communicating here? That should be your motivation for sin. Not that you go to heaven or hell. No. Praise the Lord. The believer's judgment is done with in Christ. Look at this. Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Verse 23. And to be renewed in the spirit of your, okay? And to put on the, put on the, 
created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and verse 25. He says, therefore having put away ah, I'm born again. I have the life of God in me and you are lying through your teeth. Put away falsehood. Let each of you speak truth in love with his neighbor for we are members of one another. Verse 26. He says, do, do not be angry. Do not be, be angry, sin not. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Verse 27, he said, give no opportunity to the devil. Verse 28, let, let, uh-huh. Doing honest work with his hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Praise the Lord. You can't say, I'm born again. I'm born, I'm born of God. I'm from heaven. And you are stealing. He says, let him that stole steal no more. Praise the Lord. Because you are a new creation, you live a new life. Then he continues to tell you, verse 27, and give no opportunity for the devil. Let, let, okay, but set as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear and do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed unto the day of redemption. Ephesians 5, and I close. Ephesians 5, verse 1. Therefore, somebody say, therefore. therefore. Do what? Be imitators of? Be imitators of what? Why therefore? Because you have been gifted with salvation. Because you have been saved, not by works. Therefore, because of the gift of salvation that has been freely given to you, it's the same, it's almost the same as what uh, Paul wrote to the Romans. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. He said, I therefore beseech you, the same therefore there. He said, therefore be imitators of God as your children. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us a fragrant sacrifice offering, sacrifice to God. But, look at that, verse 3, let's go. But, must not even... As proper among what? Where did he say you are a saint? In chapter chapter 1, verse 1. He called you a saint in chapter 1. And he says, as a saint, these things should not be mentioned around you. Praise the Lord. You see, God does not call you who you are. He called you who he has made you. And then you leave that out. Am I communicating here? So, you, you, are, you may be in sin, but he calls you a saint. And as you become more conscious of that identity, you are able to walk and manifest that life. Then he continues to say a few things. Let there be no filthiness or foolish talk or crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let it be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, who is covetous, that's an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For at one time you were for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. May we receive grace to walk as children of light. So salvation is free. Praise the Lord. But the free gift comes with the responsibility to live and honor God. We will get into it and we'll pick Ephesians 
uh, some other time and continue. Lift up your hands and begin to thank God and give him praise. Tonight, bless him, give him praise. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you that you are saved. Thank you for the free gift of salvation. Lord, I thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Salvation is a gift. Salvation is not of words. Lord, we honor you tonight. We give you praise. We give you glory. Thank you, Spirit of God. 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 What must I do to be saved? Believe in Christ and you are saved. That is all. That is what it takes. To be saved, one must place his faith in Christ. Thank you, Spirit of God. We give you praise today. We honor you. In Jesus' precious name. Father, we thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for the free gift of salvation. Thank you, Lord, that having saved us, redeemed us by your blood, we dedicate our lives to honor and to please you. Thank you for grace to honor you in all we do. In Jesus' precious name, amen. In all I do, I honor you. Is it something like that? I'm forgiven here. Lift up your offering. Father, we thank you for the seed in our hands. We sow it with joy and we thank you for the harvest of the same. In Jesus' precious name, amen. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted. You were condemned. I'm alive and well. I'm alive and well. The Spirit lives within me because you died and rose again. It's a very simple song. Let's sing it together. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted. I'm you are condemned. You are condemned. I'm alive. I'm alive and well. The Spirit lives within me. Ashes. Because you died and rose again. Amazing love, amazing love. Amazing love. How can You might hear die for me. Amazing love, amazing love, amazing love. I know it's my joy to honor. It's my joy to honor you in all I do. In all I honor you. I honor Lift up your hands. The song must be our attitude and response to Christ's work for us on the cross. It's our joy to honor him in all we do. Lord, we thank you for the privilege of salvation, the gift of Christ. Thank you for the love demonstrated towards us. Thank you, Spirit of God. That is our joy to honor you in all we do. We give you praise. We give you glory. That grace to honor you in all we do is released upon us. 
we honor you when we give you praise tonight. In Jesus' matchless name. Amen. Let's take our confession. For I'm born of God and I overcome the world. And this is my victory, even my faith. Surely, God's goodness and mercies are following me all the days of my life. And I'm dwelling in the presence of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God richly bless you. And we look forward to having you join us on Sunday. Please don't forget, Saturday is our sister's uh, father's uh, uh, burial and funeral. And we need to be there to assist. God bless you. Sorry. Leslie is also getting married on Friday. Lord bless you.